0: Welcome to the You Love and You Learn podcast, the place to learn about all things love, relationships, relationship anxiety, and to deconstruct the one-size-fits-all narrative of what it means to be in a happy relationship. I'm your host, Sarah Yudkin, a relationship anxiety coach who's on a mission to discuss the nuances of love and relationships that I wish someone would have shared with me years ago. My goal with each episode is for you to leave with an expanded definition of love and relationships and with practices to carry with you in your life and relationships on a day-to-day basis. I'm so grateful to have you here. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited about this week's topic and conversation. This week's focus is all about life transitions and relationship transitions. So whether it's anything from moving in with your partner or getting engaged, moving to a new city or country or changing jobs, there can be not only changes that result from that, but then there's the transition that comes and there can be some stages that we go through amongst a transition that i was really excited to learn more about today from my guest so in this episode i sat down with ella top glue who is a transformational life coach that works with people to make the most of life transitions by helping them become more aware of the psychological emotional and spiritual aspects of these changes the result is a healthier sense of identity stronger relationships and greater well-being. And I absolutely loved this conversation. As you'll hear, I share a little bit more about a transition that I'm going through right now. And by the time this episode is live, the transition will be coming up in only a couple of weeks or less. So it's definitely something that I have been processing and dealing with behind the scenes. And this episode is one that I know I'm going to listen to a couple times to really sink in and do the things that Ella shares with us. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thanks so much for listening. And here's the episode. Hey, Ella, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: Hey, Sarah, thanks for having
0: me. I've been really excited about this just because you specialize in transitions and both of us, well, more recently me, but earlier you have gone through the transition of getting engaged, which some people don't Think is a big deal, but it definitely can be a huge transition for many people. And I'm sure many listening to this podcast could agree. And then I'm also going through my own transition that I haven't really talked about yet. And I'm looking forward to kind of unpacking it here in this episode with you. And so this really couldn't have come at a more perfect time.
1: Yeah, amazing. I'm excited to get into it.
0: Yeah. So if someone hasn't really heard of you or your story, can you share a little bit more about what was your initiation into transitions? <laughs> Why is that a focus of yours?
1: Yeah. Um, great question. Well, I think I've lived in like, well, over I think five or six cities. I've had huge career change in my life. I've had a lot of transitions, both like culturally, career wise. And I realized like looking back, like Like when I tell people my story, they're like, Holy shit, like how do you do all these things? And I didn't realize that it was a skill, but apparently it is. And when I kind of look back at all of the transitions I've made, I was like, Oh, okay, I know a lot of people struggle with like quitting their job, starting their own business, getting into a healthy relationship. I mean, there's so many micro and then major transitions. So through my time coaching, I was more of a general life coach. I found that I was just attracting a lot of people who were, like, trying to make changes in life, but, like, struggling to make them stick or running away. Like, I find people are either, like, addicted to always transitioning, which is how I used to be. Like, we basically just, like, move cities or jobs to make ourselves feel better. It's like you're always transitioning. So, yeah, through those different profiles, I was like, this is something I just really love because it what it really is is, like... Helping people with identity shifts. Like that's how I see transitions. There's an opportunity to redefine who we are, how we relate to the world and all those. So that's kind of how I got into that. But before I was working in Hollywood, I was in tech, like I had a very different job, but I always wanted to help people in a in a larger way. And so that's kind of why I'm here today.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that. And I've now that I was listening to you say that, I think I've been similar in many ways where I've been go with the flow of like moving to a new country or starting my business or when I was in college, I studied abroad, which I mean, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but that's a big transition for the first time, like being in Europe for four months. And so it's interesting that maybe some people kind of naturally gravitate towards being more open to it, but that doesn't mean that it's always easy in the process. And that's kind of what I'm experiencing now on the back end. So before we get too (laughs) much further what is the difference between a transition and just going through a change of sorts? Because things are always constantly changing, like the weather, your mood, whatever other things, but a transition feels like a bigger deal in certain ways. So can you share more about the two differences?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I would, the way I like to put it is like change is situational, right? So it's new boss, new relationship, relationship, new career, new country in your case, right? Um, whereas a transition is sort of more of the psychological process that you have to go through to sort of come to terms with that new situation, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes changes are unexpected, sometimes they're expected, but they're still stressful, right? But I think you can even come for small things, like even if you want to change your eating habits, right? It's not just changing how you eat. You have to transition into somebody who you know, how do I say like has a belief system that matches the change you're trying to make, right? Because if ch- if it was just change, we'd all be changing, and it would be really easy. <laughs> but the transition part, like the deeper psychological, spiritual process of like who do I need to be for this change to take place, for me to learn from it? Because you do also see a lot of people making changes, but they never change. Mm. So it's kind of meta but like I have a friend like that. like every country I move to in every five years like I feel like I'm in the same place even though I'm physically not in the same place I virtually feel like I am mm. so that's also a good way of like looking at the distinction between the two things
0: mm. it's that it's that quote of wherever you go there you are, that comes to mind. And it's if you don't intentionally transition into a new identity, what I'm hearing is that you'll make a lot of different changes, but nothing, like you said, will end up changing at the same time. So I get what you're saying Mm -hmm. with that. And I think that can be Something that comes up for a lot of people, especially who experience relationship anxiety, or if they're trying to make a change in their relationship, and maybe they're kind of like experimenting with different things, but the belief system they have about relationships hasn't fully shifted. So maybe Mm -hmm. this could be a good time to explain either I'll let you choose which one feels more relevant, the different stages of a transition, or if you want to explain a little bit more. We've talked offline about how you had to make a big transition when you got engaged and what that was like. So, I don't know which mm-hmm. would be more helpful to start with, but I want to go into those two topics next.
1: Yeah, I think we can kind of talk about them like in parallel, which is, yeah. So, for everyone, just really quick, I got married like all of my life, um but I had to do it in a very quick like time span for visa reasons, like just like the marriage itself. So, I didn't really take it very seriously. So I was like, oh, let just sign the paper, and then we'll do a wedding and whatever. And then a week later, I was met with anxiety, panic attacks, just like, who am I in a crisis? So just that's for context. But the three stages, and I will walk the stages through what I went through, is closure, limbo, and renewal, right? So every transition starts with an ending of something, right? So for, for me, for example, it was the end of my single life, It was the end of being, you know, I'm very close with my family. It was the end of being, like, my parents' little girl and, like, you know, my family unit. At the time, my parents were also getting divorced. So, like, there's another transition. Like, by the way, the three most stressful transitions is divorce, death, and moving. So, just for for everyone, like, statistically speaking. (laughs) So, and I was actually about to move to Berlin. So, like, as you can imagine, there was a lot going on. And it's actually did inspire my niche with transitions as well. Because I was like, people need help with, with this. So basically, the closure part, I think when we resist the closure, which is like, you know, the single life, freedom. Like, because when you get married, you are giving up some form of your freedom, right? It's an energetic shift of also putting your safety in someone else, financially, emotionally, right? Like, there's a lot of things happening. And I think I just ignored that instead of being like, oh, okay, what do I have to let go of? And can I allow myself to just be sad about that? Like, can I, can I just grieve not being my dad's, you know, little girl or, you know, not having this close relationship with my mother, because now I'm trying to build my own family, right? So I was kind of in that closure phase of, and this is what I did, I wrote letters to my single self, I created rituals. That's why weddings and like bachelorettes and all these things are actually really beautiful rituals and rites of passages, right? Like it's a rite of passage into becoming, and some people need to do this to feel that way. Some people don't struggle with this, but that's just that first stage of like, okay, letting go, breathing, allowing yourself to feel whatever comes up. Because I, you probably talk about this with your clients a lot, which is like, we feel guilty about being anxious about getting married because it's supposed to be like the happiest day of your life. It's Not like that for everyone. And that's okay, right? Like I think normalizing that it can feel like grief rather than joy is okay. And in fact, I would say allowing yourself to go through that will actually make for a stronger identity. You get to like define like, what kind of wife do I want to be? What kind of marriage do I want, right? So it's not all bad news, but that was sort of that first stage And right now, I mean, I didn't really have a limbo stage in my marriage. I would say like, for right now, I'm in more of a, I kind of skipped the limbo and went into renewal, which is sort of like an exciting time. But I guess the limbo I could define as just getting used to like being married. Like what, what, what does that mean to me? Right. Like how do I want it to feel kind of setting that intention? And generally in the limbo stage, people feel a little bit disoriented, like, little uncertain like what if we get divorced what like all those worries and things start to come up so through that process i was journaling a lot i was like really connecting with myself realizing put a lot of like my how do i say meaning in my relationship so i started like creating more space for myself and now i'm sort of in this renewal stage where i'm like actually enjoying being married i'm excited to plan my wedding right? But it was like a few months of just deep work on myself. And usually when people come to me, they're either in like that closure limbo. Uh, I have a quiz for that, which we'll talk about, you know, announced later. Um, But like people who want to start their own businesses, or like they're quitting their corporate job, right? That's the ending of, oh, I used to define myself by my job. Now I'm going into the unknown of like, who am I? right? (laughs) That's just to give you a little more context of of the three stages, but the quiz kind of helps you determine which stage you're in and gives you advice and tools uh, for each one as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's so helpful. I took the quiz this morning, actually, before we jumped on (laughs) and... I thought it was great because what you do is like when you find out what stage you're in, you have some great journaling questions for someone to Mm -hmm. touch base with themselves and see how they're feeling about that stage. And what I heard in what you just shared, and let me know if this feels like what you're trying to get across, is that you kind of have to go through the closure phase in order to get to the renewal phase. But I think a lot of people are trying to jump straight into renewal yeah. without going through that closure and the limbo. And so I'm hearing that there's a call to be a little bit more intentional with a transition and actually understanding that there's steps to it versus just trying to kind of, like you said, almost like get it over with and move, yeah. rush through it.
1: Yeah, like bulldoze your way through it. And I think we we get very like caught up in what do I need to do, right? Like with moving, right? Like packing, moving, visas, tickets. Like it's all becomes very doing, doing, doing. And one of the tools I'm going to actually give you today is just like being able to pause for a second, like stop time for a second and just be like, okay, what image comes to mind when I think of this transition? Is it a roller coaster? Is it a walk in the park? Is it like just visualizing feeling and into it because I think, yeah, we just jump into like what needs to get done.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And
1: that's a great distraction. It's easier than dealing with the overthinking and the anxiety. And it gives us a sense of control, but it does catch up with us later on.
0: Definitely. And just for some context for those listening, so I took the quiz this morning and I am very much in a limbo phase right now because mm-hmm. Nate and I in under a month now. And by the time this episode comes out, only a couple weeks actually are moving from Sweden where we've lived for almost three years now back to the United States. And both of us are from there. So in some ways, part of me is like, you know, I I know what to expect in certain things. Or like, I know we're going to be closer to friends and family. There's definitely going to be things that are more comfortable in some ways, but there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of open-ended things, you know, reopening my business in the U.S., Figuring out all the same, you know, onboarding stuff that I had here in Sweden and now getting that back over there, figuring out where we're going to live. And then some of the question marks of how is it going to be when both Nate and I work from home remotely, you know, Monday through Friday, pretty much. And that's something that's new for us. And so, and also planning a wedding when we get back. So that's like another (laughs) stage, a transitional phase, I think that's kind of starting. And so I intuitively felt very much in limbo. Already. And then when I took the quiz and it confirmed that that's where I'm at, I was like, all right, (laughs) it already confirmed what I knew. But now I feel like I'm going to have much more of an intentional pause to reflect on maybe kind of what I'm leaving behind and where I'm headed. And I think that maybe if you can talk a little bit more about that of if someone's in a limbo stage right now and they're feeling, you know, the uncertainty or they're feeling like they're not fully grounded and where they're at how can they reflect on the in-between stages that they're in
1: yeah great question and you know I think limbo's one of the worst ones I'm not gonna lie it's hard like I think just knowing that helps sometimes because I think sometimes people are like why am I feeling this way it must be something bad and it's like not always right I mean you know limbo is It's hard. It's like stripping away so many safety nets and throwing you into the unknown, right? So, and humans are not wired for unknown situations. We like what's familiar. So, I would say in limbo, avoid the temptation to do and avoid as well, right? Like, I think sometimes when we're feeling anxious or we're stressing about something, we'll like avoid it completely by like getting busy, but we're still like carrying that with us and it like seeps into our relationships like maybe you're short with your partner or maybe you're fighting more right because you're vulnerable so I think it's very tempting when we're feeling vulnerable to like escape (laughs) so I would say try your best to sit with those difficult it is really difficult to sit with those emotions but you know telling yourself it's okay and labeling it and saying okay this is just this is just a limbo feeling it doesn't feel safe I feel like there's so many things in the air but I'm gonna be okay and one thing to also do is like reflect and look back at okay when in my life have there been changes right and what did I do about them what worked what did I do well what can I you know use from that time and what do I want to be different this time because I think it's very easy to forget about our achievements, right, especially if you, like, struggle with perfectionism, like, we're very hard on ourselves, so looking back at changes you've made in the past, what, you know, what worked then, what can I learn about that, and how can this time um, be even different? Also, just pausing, uh, like, again, I think limbo is just an opportunity to, like, get raw and real with yourself, (laughs) journal, like, write things that maybe you feel even guilty thinking but like write it down like get it all out journal like just really take the time to explore all the different parts of you that are coming up and the fears so something I heard you say was like what's gonna happen like the what ifs, what if what if what if what if and the truth is you're not really gonna know till you're in like before I moved to Berlin I was also anxious I was like okay we're moving somewhere new as a married couple like what's gonna happen he's gonna like ours was the opposite he was going to the office after we've been working home all the time together so it was the opposite situation so I was like what's gonna happen when he goes to the office were we we grouped apart like all these thoughts so I think also just reminding yourself this is your like mind's way of trying to control an uncontrollable mm-hmm. <laughs> situation and that A lot of it's trusting that your relationship and what you've built is going to be okay even. And and reframing and saying, this challenge is actually going to make us even stronger. Yeah. As a couple and as individuals, right? Like, it's very easy when you're like in the middle of all this, like with all these plates in the air to like go to the negative and go to the fear and the victim. Like, it's it's totally normal not to like say it's wrong, but it's not helpful. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Like... Well, how helpful is it for me to, you know, how can I move that energy into something that is maybe more productive for me and my relationship?
0: Yeah. I love that invitation to reflect on past times because when you have evidence that you've done something before, then you know that you can do it again. So, one thing that's been coming up for me was reflecting on when we first moved to Sweden and how big of a transition Mm -hmm. that was. And I'm sure for you, when you've moved around to different countries, you have evidence that even though there's always a little bit of like the jitters of the nerves and the excitement of what's it going to be like, mm-hmm. how's this going to go, you have evidence that it's worked out And that you've been able to not only probably enjoy it, but probably have many exciting and loving and great moments in those new places. And that's what ended up happening with Sweden, I did have a little bit of the pre moving anxiety, especially being in a new country the first time that I had never lived in before. But After almost three years, I could see all of the great things that came out of that and the growth, like you said, both individually and Mm -hmm. as a couple. And so now I have evidence that even though I've been here before, I know that maybe the pre-move can be a little bit chaotic compared to once you're settled. I know that I can handle it. So that trust piece that you brought in, I think is really important. And sometimes that trust has to come from looking back at what we've already done.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing is to create some kind of ritual. I was talking about that earlier. Like if you look throughout human history, right? Like maybe different cultures have different rites of passages, different rituals, right? Like turning 30 or like becoming an adult or like going from a seat, like there's all these little, so you can kind of create your own, right? So is it, I don't know, creating some kind of ritual of like a, like that's why people have goodbye parties or is it, you know, doing a little candle or something that kind of brings you a little bit of peace and sort of a physicality to the transition of like, oh, okay, like ending and then kind of, you know, renewing in, in the United States what that could look like. But then also I think finding a routine that's easy and doable, like something that really helped me moving to Berlin was keeping my morning routine going it's very hard when you move to do that because you're like you know a lot of different things are happening so I basically just simplified it and kept one thing that like had to like basically come with me everywhere I want so that's also really helpful like what is a grounding exercise is it one affirmation is it I don't know like one page of journaling whatever like the easy routine that can kind of help keep you grounded and then another one was you know, around sort of our beliefs. Some up. we just talked about this, right? It's like, so for moving, it's like, well, it's going to be so much harder to do this or in the United States, this isn't whatever. And like, when I got here, I met a lot of expats that complain about Germany. And I found we were sort of in this loop of like bonding over complaining. Mm. And then I realized this isn't really making me feel like uh, happy to be here all the time. So I changed the focus of the group and I'll change the focus, my focus, be like, okay, this isn't helpful. Like, right. So looking at the grand statements you're making to yourself on a daily basis, right? And like just keeping that in check because it's it's easy. Like it's complaining, is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just makes things a lot
0: harder. Definitely, definitely. That's a really good reminder. So we just kind of went deep into that limbo period. We glazed a little bit over that closure phase, so I want to go backwards a little bit before we get into the renewal phase. But one thing you said earlier was it's okay to grieve and it's okay to feel however you're feeling about the closure phase. So is there anything else that you would want someone to know if they're maybe in that phase right now or if they know that there's a big transition coming up about the closure stage and how they might be feeling or how to navigate that phase?
1: Yeah, so, well, number one, I think, is just be kind to yourself through, throughout that process. I think we just, we're just just so rough on ourselves, and I think that makes it so much worse and harder. But I think the golden question to shift sort of your focus is, what is it time for me to let go of? Like, that question of, and that doesn't mean, like, let go of, with my coffee shop, I, I know it's more like, it's time for me to let go of having to be close with my mom to feel safe or having to make six figures to feel worthy. Cause you know, the, the, like the closure phase of leaving your job, start your own business, or even changing your career. It's a huge identity shift and that's scary, right? It's, it's really, really scary. So I think reflecting on what is it time for me to let go of like how what what can I say goodbye to and like who do I care about being in this next sort of phase I think gives you a like more control right a sense of control Um, but then also parting with that part of you right Is, is one way you can
0: do it as well. That's important. And I can even hear someone listening, and you probably have maybe in a past life in in an anxious phase, you heard that and you were like, oh my gosh, I have to break up with my partner. And what I love that you said was that no, this gets to be you letting go of maybe an old belief or an old pattern. And so, as a relationship anxiety coach, I take that statement and I'm like, what patterns or beliefs that are making you feel so anxious, so much pressure, might you want to let go of? That could help you show up more wholeheartedly in your relationship. Now, this doesn't mean that I know everyone listening like is guaranteed to stay in their relationship, but I think so often we jump to hearing a statement like that and thinking closure means I have to make this huge life change, but really a closure can be just a shifting in a belief that has been hardwired for so yeah. long and getting into a place where now that maybe gets some holes poked in it because you realize it's kind of keeping you stuck.
1: Yeah, that that's a really beautiful like thing to, to mention. And you're right; it's like it's not like a closure as in you have to end. It can be an energetic shift, too, right? Because mm-hmm. like getting married is like I mean, no one's actually like ripping you away from your family to go to your husband, but it's an energetic shift of putting your trust and your time into someone else, right? With no guarantee of it working out or anything like that. And I same with a business, same with anything that, you know, requires to take a risk and cheat, make a huge change internally. So yeah, with the ending, and I, I, and I think like create, I know this is going to sound weird, but like create time to grieve. Like I literally, when I was going through my ending or closure phase, would just like put a timer on and like think of things that I'm upset about. Like, for example, my mom, like not being as close with her, whatever, and just cry. Like I would just let, I would just hold myself and cry. And I swear every time I did that, I felt so much better because I was like, oh, I'm just letting it out. Like just allowing myself to be. But before that, I think people, you can kind of fall into this is like, you get anxious about being anxious, freaking out. So that should take that piece away of, of like embracing that this is how it can feel. And that there's something wrong with you. Right. And -hmm. and I didn't even know a community like this existed. Like, you know, then I I think a lot of the work you do too, is like really helpful for women because it's like, there's so many happy brides and in relationships. And then you find yourself where you're like, what's going on with me? So that's very validating, I think, to just remind yourself of it's okay that you're not
0: happy right now. Definitely. And what you just shared is so important too, because I think so often we're just trying to skip over the sadness part because we think we shouldn't, like you said, feel that way. But part of what you said of just putting that timer on and then giving yourself the permission to feel the feelings, I think that's so important because there's a block That people have of maybe not even allowing the feeling to arise. And I think this is a skill. It's a muscle that takes practice versus just hearing intellectually, oh, feel your feelings. No, that takes practice and intention. And lately there's been a a specific breathwork video that I've been listening to about meeting uncomfortable emotions. And it's from the Mm -hmm. Awaken app, O-W-A-K-E-N. And I think some of their videos For someone with anxiety can be a little bit triggering because they talk a lot about like listening to your intuition. And sometimes that can be hard when you're in a state of not knowing what that is. But certain videos of theirs, especially the meeting uncomfortable emotions, I've really just allowed that to be a place where I can go and release any sort of feeling. And oftentimes I end it with crying or in the middle of it, I'll cry. And I've never really slowed down enough to do that. Repeatedly, and now it's become a part of my practice where I feel like every yeah. couple weeks I'm sitting down to do that video.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. You know, you're right, it is a skill, and it's hard, like, it's easier to just avoid and go shopping, but it has to happen because it, then it just follows you into your next decision, like the next morning, right? And I think that's why a lot of people resist routines that are good for us because they require that emotional part but the more you try to escape it the more you're going to want to avoid it just and then the bigger it gets right it's kind of like that that cycle so for the ending like for the closure phase I'd say yeah just think of it as sort of like a visual like breaking up with something that no longer serves this part of my life and that can be sad like it can I always tell my clients like changing yourself and your life requires grieving your past self always. I mean, like you can't bring that version into the new like journey sometimes and
0: that's okay. Yeah. I have a client of mine. This is interesting. I just thought of this and then we can get into the, is it renewal stage next or revival? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Renewal. Renewal. Okay. We can go there next, but I have a client who I'm thinking of that she has, a lot of things that her she says her past self thought she would do. And so when you just Mm. said that thing about grieving your past self always needs to happen, do you have anything that you would say just to a general person who maybe had a lot of goals or visions of how life, quote, quote, should look for them, but maybe they made those goals or the vision in a whole different life stage and now their life looks different and they feel like they're doing something wrong when maybe it was just not necessarily a vision that was going to come to fruition to begin with.
1: It's interesting. I just wrote yesterday a quote that came to me, which is like, the life you want may not be the life that makes you the happiest. And what I mean when I say that is from what you just said, right? It's sometimes the life we want or we're conditioned or we have conditioned ourselves to want maybe it's like the seven figure corporate job ladder and like you know you're making a lot of money and you have all these cars and whatever and I think like we're so conditioned to like think something's gonna make us happy when in reality like so maybe you just actually don't need all that that shit right so I think I would say you know basically in a way it's like how can you kind of look at that version of yourself like how we're how would you feel building that life? Like, would it feel like constantly hustling? And like, does that life make you feel enough? Like, what does it feel like? Because I think so often we're, and I used to be like this, so focused on how our life looks from the outside. And I think social media has really impacted this, unfortunately, which is like, how does it look? How do I look? All that it's almost like, it means more what our life looks like than how it feels. So I would say, try to shift your focus into like, how do I want my life to feel? Like, how do I want to feel when I wake up in the morning? Like what? Like what's important to me? And that actually segues into renewal, which is like values. So what was my old, like that past version of me? What did she value, mm-hmm. right? And where those values come from? were they taught from who, right? And what can my new values? What can this new sort of chapter look like to me? Because like with anything in life, right? Like making a lot of money comes with also a lot of different problems I think we tend to romanticize I think millennials do this more than anyone because of Instagram like we romanticize things in our in our minds but like when the bit they might not actually just make us happy we might be okay just like making bread and like having a simple life right like it's okay Mm -hmm. to have a simple life
0: yes exactly (laughs) and I think too even just bringing in the social media piece of like from a relationship anxiety angle I think sometimes you know, the life that we thought we should have needs to be like, we travel all the time together. We're constantly laughing. We're always doing something. We're never just sitting at home because that would be too boring. And we have this romanticized perfect version of what a relationship should look or feel like. And so then we're comparing ourselves to the Hollywood relationship. And then when we're in this really stable, healthy, loving, supportive relationship, we start to feel like, well, that's not what I used to envision. And we think that what we're doing is wrong, but maybe what we were envisioning the whole time was actually just like 100% of everything. And we're actually sitting somewhere in the middle. And so that yes. would be an example for me of like, that's where you have to go through that transition of grieving the perfectionistic beliefs of what you had being in limbo of trying to sort out like what could this new relationship look like that I actually feel okay about and then moving into the renewal period of actually getting to enjoy it because it's what you value not what society told us to Uh value. Yes
1: exactly that like and I think a lot of people want healthy relationships or healthy careers or healthy you know we all want these things but It takes effort, like it takes a lot of emotional, psychological effort, like to stay in a health. That's why it's it's such a valuable thing, right? Like when I went into my relationship, it was like the most amazing person, and I was like, oh my god, I had a lot of trust issues, triggers come up, and I was in limbo for like a year. Like it was a year of just working through. I was like crying once a week. Right. And so I always tell people like your best life or your best relationship won't always feel like the best. It just won't Mm -hmm. because like good things require effort, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't just coast through life with, you know, it just doesn't work that way. So I think also embracing that and saying, okay, like I'm
0: worth the effort. Mm, I love the emotional effort, you know, all that. So yeah, yeah. That's so powerful. We kind of dipped into renewal a little bit just there with the values piece, but is there anything yeah. else if someone's maybe getting to that part of the transition that you want them to know about that phase or advice for them as they're yeah. getting to that part? So
1: I would say like the renewal phase is a really good time to set some goals and intentions, right? So it's like, so for you, right, you're back in the States, let's say, okay, you found the place you're living in, right? So it's like, okay, now that I have my sort of basic covered right because we need our shelter our food and like just having that basic amount of survival covered it's like okay so what do I want like my business to feel like in the states like what could it look like what are some goals I can look forward to like maybe not making them impossibly big goals but like achievable goals that are aligned with your values, like what you've learned through this transition, right? And that doesn't even have to be business goals. It can also be like personal, right? So it's like, is it learning a new skill? Is it like, what's going to cement this emotional journey that you've been on, like to help you move it forward? Is there any new rituals or routines that you'd like to sort of bring with you into this new renewal stage? But then I also think looking out for like sabotaging behaviors is important right because you're adjusting to this new way of being and this new life so I would say even increasing even more like the meditation or you know that your relationship like really nurturing that relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. and just paying attention to like any old patterns that you know want to come in and protect you really (laughs) right so just looking out for those and also just enjoying and prioritizing fun like I have clients who come to me and they're like I've been so freaking busy like trying to change my life I'm freaking exhausted and I'm also like I don't remember the last time I had fun and I was like like prioritize fun like don't take it so seriously either I think fun inspiration like I think if you ask people like when's the last time you've been inspired like I usually get blanks because it's like we're so busy trying to fix ourselves and whatever. So I think prioritizing joy and inspiration and fun and really rewarding yourself is is also something to do.
0: Yeah. What you said earlier in the podcast is definitely an intention I have for moving home where you were like I was really focused on my relationship and the move but then I needed to take that time and shine the light back on myself yeah. of like how do I want to nourish myself? And mm-hmm. I'll be the first to raise my hand and just say that especially this year I have been either like prioritizing work or my relationship with Nate and I've definitely been doing the I've been going through the motions of like okay do my breath work get my movement in. like I've been doing the things to take care of myself but I'm really really craving a hobby or like something that is more of like a passion project and I've been trying to sign up for a freaking like pottery ceramics class for ages and the ones in Sweden (laughs) kept getting cancelled so when I move home I'm declaring it on this podcast someone hold me accountable I'm putting it out into the universe I'm finding a pottery ceramics class and I want to get into a routine with that I want to take lessons and I want that to be something that I'm doing if not weekly like at least a couple times a month just because I know how important it is to have things that are completely just for fun for play and to kind of shut off your mind not for a goal but just to learn and try something new
1: I love that and I will hold you accountable to that (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love pottery
1: it. is amazing by the way but what you just touched on is also just really quick a really, really important point which is you hear a lot about balance and i genuinely don't think balance exists and what does that mean is like you're always going to have something's gonna have to like fall if you're going through transition right like obviously if you've been in the same life for 10 years and you're loving it okay you can have some sort of semblance of balance but for people transitioning jobs you know, moves, relationships, whatever, like, it's okay, it's very okay to just prioritize, like, two things, right? Like, it's okay to, like, the relationship. That was for me, too. It took a year of my life. Like, it was number one priority. Like, don't focus on, heal, like, heal your trust issues. Like, that was just, and it took as long as it needed to take, but it happened, right? So I think being patient with ourselves in those stages of like maybe the limbo stage is going to take a while (laughs) and maybe you know it will take a year but kind of seeing the value in it of like okay this is it's okay i can't have the perfect workout routine perfect diet perfect relationship perfect career like you'll drive yourself crazy if you do that and you'll actually end up like burning out and not getting any of those or maybe one of those things (laughs)
0: Yeah, I love that you brought that up too, because Nate and I were just talking about this earlier. Funny enough, we were kind of talking about how life is really just about if you're in tune with kind of what's going on in your life. It's just about like being in constant flow between things and knowing which to prioritize next. So like we went on a vacation with his parents and we were eating and drinking much more than we would. And so Maybe before that vacation, we felt the pull to have a little bit more fun and let loose. But then after we got back, we were like, oh, like we need to get back into our routine. And like, I don't feel good, you know, so it kind of is just this constant, like you said, like it's never perfectly balanced. But there's going to be different areas of your life where sometimes you lean into it more. Sometimes you have to work harder at your job and sacrifice you know, well-being just for a short period of time. But then there's other times where well-being is just such a bigger priority and you really have to lean into that. So I don't think that balance, like you said, is a goal to strive for, but you can have moments of rebalancing something when you notice that it's really far off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Good. Well, I feel like we talked so much about transitions. It was really great. I don't know if we left (laughs) anything out of it, but is there anything coming up top of mind for you of like any final things wrapping up with transitions that you want to leave people with? Anything we didn't get to bring into the conversation yet?
1: I mean, I don't think so. I think we talked about a lot. I would say just, you know, it's normal to feel fear when you're transitioning. I would say just like something uh, you can just quickly Google and I do this with my clients a lot is fear setting. So like actually putting your fears under a microscope. So they don't feel like just like this crazy, like monster under your bed is, is a great thing to to try, but then also reach out to people. Like I think it's easy also during transitions to like keep to yourself, but like having that support system, whether it's a, whether it's a coach or a friend or your family or someone who's been through it, like reach out and get that, support because it it really does make a huge difference in, in everything. Um, But yeah, I think we covered, we covered a lot. (laughs) So I feel pretty good about it.
0: I do too. I feel like we came full circle and really closed the loop on it. So just a couple last questions here, since this is the you love and you learn podcast, what is one thing you have learned about love that you would want to leave listeners with? Mm, Love that.
1: I would say I learned that love doesn't always, doesn't have to feel like the honeymoon, oh, I'm crazy about him, her stage. That was a transition for me of like getting out of the honeymoon stage into actual real love, which is like real love doesn't actually look, doesn't have to look like anything. It's just sort of a commitment you make. And just like choosing that person and choosing yourself every day is love as opposed to like roses and like dates and gifts and right. So it's like just the value and commitment, something I learned, just like a new version of love that I don't think I've ever tapped into, like a more adult, mature, deeper version of love.
0: Mm, Yeah, beautiful. I share the same sentiment. So thank you for (laughs) adding that in. And where can people stay in touch with you if they want to learn more and definitely share more about where they can access the quiz. I'll put it in the show notes as well, but just mention what the quiz cool. is about again in case anyone wants to take it. And I definitely yeah. recommend they do.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so the quiz basically helps you determine what stage of your transition you're in. It's it's really quick and it will take you to a page of your results with like specific. And the, the great thing about the quiz is you can like keep coming back to it through different stages. Um, and you'll be added basically to an email list basically email you advice for that specific page so it's not just about taking the quiz you get free content after that the best place to find me is instagram that's where you can find the quiz in the in my the link and my instagram is elevate coaching it's spelled incorrectly on purpose because my name is ella
0: so it's ela bait coaching um on instagram Perfect. Yeah. We will put both of those in the show notes for anyone that wants to check it out. And thank you so much, Ella, for having this conversation with me. I definitely am going to carry what we are talking about now into the next few weeks. And I'll probably listen to this episode a couple of times before I'm home (laughs) because I know it's going to be top of mind.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Well, good luck with everything. You've got this and you'll be settled in no time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll see you all in the next week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the You Love and You Learn podcast. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could rate and review the podcast because the more ratings and reviews there are, The more people that can hear this message and it's really important to me to get this message out to the world and to create a space where people can learn about love and relationships in a way that is not judgmental in a way that helps them expand their perspective from the cultural narratives that we've heard and seen in the movies and in Hollywood and the media and the more ratings and reviews that are there the more people that can hear this message. So thank you again so much. It really means the world to me that you are listening and see you in the next episode.